Hello everyone and welcome to Christ Fellowship Online. My name is Jeannie Rodriguez and I want to thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first time, I want to invite you to pause the broadcast and fill out a connection card at cfmemory.org connect. This will help us connect with you and know how we can best serve you during this season. And now, a special message by Pastor Rick. The Bible says, you then, my what? Son. My son. Now, the Apostle Paul is talking here and he's speaking to his son in the ministry, Timothy. Paul had trained Timothy, he had coached Timothy, he had mentored Timothy to be the next generation leader in the church. So with that in mind, listen to what he says to him. He says, Timothy, verse two, the things you have heard me say to you, in other words, the things that I've taught you, Timothy, watch this, Timothy, you now entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Yeah. Translation, translation. Timothy, I am passing the baton of leadership to you because I trust you, Timothy. But Timothy, when you receive the baton of leadership, I don't want you to just hold on to it. I want you to pass that baton to the next generation. And I want you to tell that generation to pass it to the next generation. And I want you to tell that generation to the pass it to the, to the next one and so on. So that there is a succession of leaders in every generation of the church. And all God's people said, yeah. amen. Well, you can grab a seat at all of our campuses. And I want to set things up today by having you take a look at, in a moment, at this Olympic race. And specifically, this is the men's 4 by 100 relay race. And folks, I want you to watch the team in yellow because they're the Jamaican team. Yeah, how many folks from Jamaica we got in here? Yeah, we have tons of Jamaican people at Christ Fellowship and we love that. And so I want you to watch the Jamaican team in yellow because, because they are about to set a world record. Take a look. On your mark, set. always, always loved the men's 4x100 relay race. I tried out for the men's 4x100 relay. And let me tell you why. I love the camaraderie 
in that race. And by that, I mean each runner carrying the baton for 100 meters and then passing it to the next runner. He carries it for 100 meters, passes it to the next runner. He carries it to the, for 100 meters, passes it to the next runner. And the mission, the mission of the team is to advance the baton around the track at optimum speed and win the victory. I just love that. Oh, by the way, I made the team. I couldn't believe it. I made, yeah, the men's four by 100 relay, but, but only for three weeks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a faster kid showed up and they cut me. But, but for three weeks, I was on the men's four by 100 relay and I loved it. And I loved it because of the teamwork, because of the friendships, because of the camaraderie. Again, each runner carrying the baton for his 100 meters and then passing it to the next generation runner. And then he carries it for his 100 meters and then passes it to the next generation runner. And then he carries it for his 100 meters and he passes it all. And their mission, their mission again, is to advance the baton at optimum speed around the track and win the race. Now, in my small three weeks, <laughs> of being on that race team, I, I figured out that there was at least two keys to advancing the baton at optimum speed. Here they are. Number one, each runner has to run as fast as he can the entire 100 meters. In other words, the men's 4 by 100 relay is not like a distance run where you kind of jog for a while and then you run kind of fast to the end. No, you only get 100 meters to run. That's it. And it's over like that. So you literally have to explode out of the block and accelerate as fast as you can and run as fast as you can for the entire 100 meters. And secondly, at the end, here's the second key. At the end of your 100 meters, you have to successfully pass the baton to the next generation runner. And listen to this, folks, this is so important. You have to pass it seamlessly so that neither one of you slows down at all. There has to be, in other words, in other words, you don't run your 100 meters and then stop and, and drop the baton and your teammate reaches back and picks it up and starts from a dead stop That'd be crazy. That's a sure way to lose the race. To the contrary, to the contrary, you accelerate as fast as you can towards your teammate. And as you draw closer to him, he actually begins to run with you. You're running together. He's not going from a dead stop. You're running together. And then there comes this moment where the runner with the baton reaches out and extends the baton to the next generation, to the next generation. That runner holds his hand back to receive the baton. And folks, this is a key moment at that pass. In fact, take a look, you'll get the idea. There's the key moment. Because if the baton is dropped at that moment, the race is over for them because things are gonna to slow to a stop, they're gonna lose. But if the baton is successfully passed to the next generation, the runner continues on, and the victory is won. Does that make sense? I tell you what, can I, can I demonstrate for you how we did it at Northwestern High School? Can I, can I show you how we did it? 
Give me an amen if you're giving me permission. Okay, I'll show you how we did it. So, so I'm on play me, uh, and I was the slowest runner, so I was like the third leg. I was the one coming around the, the bend. So, so I would come around the bend, and I, was gonna, I would pass to my teammate. His name was Clarence. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Omar. Omar, would you play Clarence? All right, oh, let's give it up for Omar. Omar's going to be Clarence. And Clarence was my teammate, so Omar stand right there. So, so as I would accelerate around the corner, I would see Clarence. And as I got closer to him, he would actually start running with me. Now, he wouldn't just stand there. We would be running together. And then came the key moment. It was time for me to pass the baton. So I'd extend it to him. Perfect. He would, let's give it a, he looks perfect, doesn't he? He would grasp it. Now listen, listen, this was a key moment because if we dropped it, we lose, and we lose big because there's no way to get back in the race. But if I passed it successfully to Clarence, he could now continue the run, and we could win the victory. By the way, once I made the pass, Coach Jenkins would tell me and all the other runners, you're not done. Your job after you make the pass is to run behind the one you've given it to the next generation and cheer him on to victory. And that's exactly what I always did. Let's give it up for Omar. One more thought about the relay, the 100 relay. When you're running wide open for 100 meters in this relay, you don't have to wonder when it's time to pass the baton because your body will start to tell you. Your body will start to tell you, I can't sustain this wide open pace any longer. Pass it. <laughs> and so, folks, the magic, the magic happened. When you pass the baton, not as you were slowing down, but the magic happens when you pass the baton at optimum speed to the next generation runner, because guess what? He's got brand new energy. He's got brand new speed. He's got brand new passion. And the thing I loved about Clarence is he was so much faster than I was. I mean, I would hand it to Clarence and it'd be like, wow, man, that guy can run. And he would go on and we would seek to win the victory. Now, let me turn a corner and bring all of that imagery over to the message today. Because folks, what an image of the church, and specifically, what an image of Christ's fellowship. And by that I mean just like the 4 by 100 men's relay, we were called to advance that baton around the track at optimum speed from one generation runner to the next generation runner to the next generation runner. Just like that, and this is my proposition today. This is what I want you to walk away with today. God has called us, Christ Fellowship, to, to advance the gospel around the world. And folks, God wants us to do it at optimum speed. Why? Because people are dying an everlasting death. The stakes are high. We can't trot. We've got to advance the gospel as fast as we can. That's what God wants us to do. And listen, he doesn't just want us to do it in this generation. He doesn't just want this to happen in my generation. God wants it to happen in the next generation. And not only does he want it to happen in that generation, he wants it to happen in the next generation, and the next generation, and the next generation. Now, you might be saying, well, Rick, what has to happen for Christ's fellowship to advance the gospel around the world at optimum speed. And how do we make that happen generation 
after generation after generation. How do we make that happen? Well, that's what we're going to find out today. But let me go ahead and tell you this. Here's one thing that has to happen. Whoever is the lead pastor has got to do what's right. Let me say that again. Whoever is the lead pastor at the moment has to do what's right. He can't do what he feels like he wants to do. He can't do what seems the emotional thing to do in the moment. He has to do what is best for the advancement of the gospel as fast as we can take it. Does that make sense? Get it, Christ Fellowship? All right, great. With that in mind, I want to give you two thoughts about the lead pastor, okay? So here they are. Number one and number two, how many of you have your listening guide at all of our campuses? Very simple outline. Here it is. Number one, the lead pastor has to lead at race speed. In other words, he's got to lead fast. He's got to lead at optimum speed. Watch what Paul says in 2 Timothy 4 verse 7. He's still talking to Timothy. He says, Timothy, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the what? I have finished the what? Say it like you mean it. Yeah, the race. Now, Paul the Apostle is, is announcing here that he's coming to the finish of his ministry. That he was coming to the finish of his life. But Paul compared the ministry not to a jog. He compared it to an all-out race. And folks, here's why. It's because God had entrusted him and God has entrusted us with a message that has everlasting consequences. Just like I said, people are dying on an everlasting scale, and it is up to us. God has commissioned us. God has called us to get the gospel to them as fast as we can. That's why Jesus, when he gave the Great Commission, the first thing he said was, go, go. And he even said, he said, the night is coming when no man can work. In other words, there's an urgency. We can't be laissez-faire about this. We have got to move at race speed. So folks, with that in mind, for the past 23 years, I've tried to move Christ Fellowship as fast as I possibly could to get the gospel to this city and around the world. And folks, one of the reasons I was trying to move us at, at, at race speed is because God himself was moving so fast. I mean, I, I, I hardly keep up with God. I mean, God took us from what is now a 102-year-old church. We're an old church, believe it or not. 102 years old now. God took us from an old church, 102 years old, that had one site, this one, with one service. That was it. And God moved us out at rapid speed to become an international church, to become a multicultural church with 81 different nationalities, to become a multi-site church with campuses scattered across Day County, locally, and with campuses now scattered globally around the world. And folks, it was like, it was like Ephesians 3.20. Watching God, it was like, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly more than we ask or imagine. I never imagined, folks, when I got here, that this was what was going to happen. 
And I got to tell you this. I got to tell you the. Here's the hard truth. Everything that has happened at Christ Fellowship has not happened because of my leadership. I wish I could say that. But folks, I am a poor leader on my best day. I am not a great leader. But in spite of that, God sent this amazing staff to Christ Fellowship. And let me tell you, we have the best staff right now that we have ever, ever had. And it, 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 it is the best staff, I think, in the country, maybe in the world. They are amazing. And God sent amazing volunteers like many of you. And God sent all of you. And this, this movement of God that became Christ Fellowship just took off, folks. And I got to tell you, I have felt like that I've just been watching. I mean, I just preaching my heart out, but what God was doing, I just felt like, wow, God. Somebody asked me, Rick, why don't you write a book about what, what has happened at Christ Fellowship? Well, all I could write is I showed up and watched God. <laughs> and folks, for, for the past 23 years, again, I've just been trying to run to keep up with the pace that God has set. You see, I believe 23 years ago, God said to me, in fact, I know he did. He said, Rick, if you'll just go to, to Miami and stay there, I'll make this happen. And, I, and I'll, it'll be more than you ever imagined. If you'll just go and stay put. And I got to tell you, folks, it was at a time when, when preachers were running from this city, fleeing Miami. I'll never forget, I've told you, when I was at the, the mall one day and this pastor came up to me, I'd just gotten here. And he said, what are you doing here? I thought he was asking me what I was doing at the mall. I said, well, I'm shopping for some pants. He said, no, what are you doing in Miami? <laughs> and I said, well, I believe God called me here. This is what he said. He said, I'm getting the hell out of this city. I hate it. And it wasn't long after that I went to, to, a, to a, a denominational meeting in, in Broward County, and a group of pastors came to me and said, Rick, we've drawn the line at Broward County. We've given up on Miami. We've given up on Dade County. And when they said that to me, I just walked out of the meeting, just quietly went to my car, and I sat there and I said, God, what do you want me to do? What does that mean? And it was then that God spoke to my heart and said, Rick, if you'll just stay here, and if you'll love this city and love these people, I'll make something happen you never dreamed of if you'll just love this city. And I fell in love with this city which I love like crazy to this day, and I watch God do things that I never imagined. And listen, yeah, for the past, for the past 22 years, I've just been running, you know, as fast as I can to keep up with God, to keep up with his pace. And it's been amazing to do that. But listen, for the church to, to move fast and to continue to move fast, the church, the pastor has to lead at race speed, but not only that, and this is our key moment for today, right? This now is big number two. This is so important. The lead pastor has to pass the baton to the next generation. He's got to pass the baton to the next generation. In other words, just like in the 4 by 100 relay, watch this. There comes, there comes a moment when, when, the, when the runner has to pass the baton to the next generation runner. And it's at that moment, it's the key moment, because if he drops the baton, race over. If he passes the baton, 
The race continues and the victory can be won. Well, listen, just like that, there comes a time when every lead pastor has to pass the baton to the next generation lead pastor. And folks, it is a critical pass because if the pass is dropped, everything in the church just grinds to a halt. But if the pass is made seamlessly, nothing slows down. In fact, we can run even faster and faster for Christ than we ever imagined. So with that in mind, I want to give you three keys for a successful pass from one generation to the next. Write them down as A, B, and C. A, the lead pastor must know Say it. It's got to know when to pass the baton. And folks, let me tell you, it's a lot like the 4x100 relay. In that race, when you're running at optimum speed, you're running as fast as you can, you don't have to wonder when it's time to pass the baton. Your body starts to tell you, I can't sustain this wide open speed any longer. You need to hand off the baton. It's time. Well, folks... <laughs> In recent days, my body has been telling me, in recent times, Rick, I can't sustain this wide open pace any longer. Now, at the same time, my body's been saying, Rick, we can keep going. We can stay in, as lead pastor at Christ Fellowship. But Rick, if you do, you're going to slow down what God wants to do. Because God wants to move wide open. And if you selfishly stay there, you're going to slow down what he wants to do. Now, folks, don't get me wrong. I want you to understand I have no greater joy, no greater joy than being the pastor of your church, Amen. of this church, of being your shepherd. In fact, you're the third thing I think of when I wake up every day. I think of, I think of God first. I think of Rhonda second. I think of you third. I think of you third, and I always think... God, what can I do today to serve these people? What can I do today to be a better shepherd? God, how can I prepare them for this weekend? How can I help them? How can I reach them, those that are lost? How can I shepherd this flock? I have no greater joy than being your shepherd. But after a full-on heart attack that nearly killed me, after stage three colon cancer, after having part of my insides taken out, after months and months of chemotherapy and... After 44 years of being in the ministry, I realized I can't keep up with this wide open pace that God has given us. In fact, folks, listen, I can't even keep up with my own vision that I cast. The vision that I cast to the church was, we are going to put a Christ Fellowship campus in every community in Dade County. And we're going to put a Christ Fellowship campus in every country from where you came from. And that's 81 different countries. And I realize I can't sustain the speed that's going to be necessary to make all of that happen. So I know, I know, I know. Now's the time to pass the baton. But that's not the only thing that's crucial. Write this down as B. The lead pastor must know how to pass the baton. Now, everybody lean in, because just like in the, the 4x100 relay, you not only have to know when to pass the baton, you got to know how to make that pass. And it's a technique. 
And, and, and so, so Clarence and I, the guy that I ran with, we, pa- we practiced that over and over and over again. We knew we had a plan for how we were going to make that exchange. Listen, just like that, the church has to know how the baton is going to be passed from one generation leader to the next generation. There has got to be a plan in place for that pass to be made successfully. But folks, I don't have to even tell you this. Most churches have no plan for this. No plan at all. And so here's what it looks like. You've you've maybe been through this. The pastor steps up one day, and just out of the blue, he announces to the congregation that he's either moving to another church, or he's retiring, and it looks like this. And everybody goes, wow, what was that? And the whole congregation wonders, what what do we do now? And somebody picks up the baton and says, well, I guess we should put together some kind of committee to go see if we can find another pastor. And you know the ritual, the routine. They go out and they go all over America, wherever, looking for another pastor, looking at people they don't even know. (laughs) Have no idea what they're going to do. And then they invite them in. One Sunday morning, and you hear them preach one time and vote on them? Can I tell you a secret about all pastors? We all have one good sermon. <laughs> we have one showstopper, let me tell you. But the question is, do you have anything after that? Can you do that week after week, month after month, year after year? And nobody knows. And so they invite a total stranger in who comes in and leaves. And folks, little wonder, little wonder that many churches that move fast in one generation totally lose momentum in the next generation. So with that in mind, over two years ago, after I finished the chemotherapy, and as I, had, I was looking at the, the, the cumulative effect of the heart attack, the resection of a colon, chemotherapy, when I came back, the first thing that amazed me was how strong I was. I don't know if you remember that, but when I came back from the chemo and, and started speaking, many of you were going, Rick, we think you're stronger than you were before you had colon cancer. We think you're stronger than you were you know, before you had the heart attack. You look stronger than ever. And folks... I would walk out of here and go, God, where is that coming from? How am I doing that? And I knew it was just a God thing that I was able to do that. But folks, at the same time, at the same time, I knew I couldn't sustain it. I knew I could, ho- I could probably maintain what we have. We could settle. But I knew I couldn't take us to where God wanted to go. And what I didn't want to happen, folks, was this. I didn't want to have a setback. And everybody goes, did you hear what happened to Rick? He had a setback. You know, this came back, that came back. He's, he's in the hospital. And, and, and some of the leaders come to me and hand me a piece of paper and say, Rick, can you sign this so we can see if we can find somebody? We don't want that to happen. And so, folks, over two years ago, somewhere around there, in accordance with the bylaws of our church, thank God we've got the right kind, I made it known to our board of directors to our personnel team, to our key leadership team, I made it known that I was going to be retiring from the position of lead pastor at Christ Fellowship. And folks, in accordance with our bylaws, the way we have set them up, what I love is at that point, 
we began to put into place a plan that would help me successfully pass the baton to the next generation. And we wanted that pass to happen in such a way that it was seamless, in such a way that it didn't slow us down. And I love that. But here's the next thing we knew, and I'm going to close with this. Write this down and see. The lead pastor must not only know when and how he's going to pass the baton, but he's got to know who he's going to pass it to. Now, everybody back to the 4 by 100 relay. I'm sounding like an expert. I was only there three weeks. But here's what I learned. When I came around the corner, I knew who I was going to pass to. It was clearance, and I knew it was clearance because as I looked down there at all the jerseys, I was looking for the guy in the purple jersey with, with uh, gold letters. I was looking for clearance. And, and, and as I got closer to clearance, I was going to make that exchange to him, and clearance and I had, pa- had practiced this over and over and over, but I knew it was clearance, and I trusted him. It was, this wasn't the first time we had ever done this. We had practiced this. I knew him. I trusted him. And, and again, what I loved is when I handed to Clarence, he was so much faster than me. I mean, as I was running behind him, I'd be like, good grief, that guy's fast. Now, folks, here's what I want you to understand. This is exactly what we sought to do. We were looking for somebody that we all knew, that we all loved, and that we all trusted. You know, Moses knew he was going to pass the baton to Joshua. Elijah knew he was going to pass the baton to Elisha. David knew he was going to pass the baton to Solomon. Paul knew he was going to pass the baton to Timothy. And so that's what we wanted. And so, so our, our leadership team, our board, our, 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 uh, our, our personnel team, we began to look. First of all, we began to search outside the church. And we actually brought in a professional team to help us conduct that search. And so we looked all over. And then, folks, eventually we turned our attention to the inside. We began to look inside Christ Fellowship. And it's there that we we found a young man that we all love, that we all know, that we all trust, A man who can preach the word of God with conviction, clarity, and authority. And he was the man that we felt like, we felt like we knew. With great confidence from God, this should be the next lead pastor at Christ Fellowship. So in accordance with our bylaws, I want to ask our personnel team and our board of directors, directors to come up right now. And I'm also going to ask our key leadership team to come up as well. Let's give it up for Dr. Green. He's had some tough days lately. Love you, Doc. Folks, this has been uh, the team that has helped me all of these years, many of them. Uh, helping me lead the church. And this will be the team that will move into place, continue to place, to help our new lead pastor. I've always told you, these are my bosses. Uh, Howard Green, by the way, is the director of, uh, or the chairman of our board of directors. It's interesting, Howard and I, Howard was on the team that brought me to Christ Fellowship. So he and I go back a long ways. So right now, we have, we, we have all just been so, 
so convicted that this is the man that God has for us in total unity and total agreement. And so right now, I want to ask Howard to read our recommendation for the next lead pastor of Christ Fellowship. Howard. Thank you, Pastor Rick. Upon Pastor Rick Blackwood's decision to retire from the lead pastor role at Christ Fellowship, Pastor Rick recommended a successor to the personnel team and the board of trustees. After much research and prayerful consideration, we do hereby nominate Pastor Omar Garitli to be the successor, Pastor Blackwood, as the next lead pastor at Christ Fellowship. I'm going to ask Omar and Ashley and their baby to come up here. So uh, we're going to practice this. Here we go. You ready, folks? Ready, Omar? Here we go. All right. Let's give it up. Yeah. Now, let me tell you a couple things. Here's how we're going to do this in the coming weeks. Uh, today, we're making the recommendation for Omar to be our next lead pastor. Next weekend, this is going to be a lot of fun. He and I are going to sit up here, sit up here in a couple of chairs, and we're going to have a conversation. And I, we're going to get to know Omar. We already know him. We love him. We know how he handles the Word of God. He bleeds blue and black. That's Christ Fellowship Colors, and uh, knows our DNA, but we're going to help you get to know him more on a personal level, and just some things that I think you're going to find amazing. So we'll do that conversation next week, and then the following week, we'll have our vote as a congregation. Now, I want to tell you, Omar and I have been running together for 10 years, and what a joy. Um, he has served in a lot of positions in the church. By the way, you know, there's so many young people on our staff, and I'm, I'm the old guy now, uh, it's funny how fast you become the old guy. Um, but but I, they're, like, they're like my sons and daughters. And I love them all. But Omar's been like my Timothy. And I've just watched him grow and grow and grow into this. And you may not know it, but he was planning to be an attorney. He had graduated from law school at the University of Miami and uh, passed the bar and had that plan. And then God began to change all of that and said, that's not where I want you to go. And, and Omar just came in on staff um, volunteering in the beginning. And then he became uh, our small groups director. And then he became the campus of the director at Miami Springs. And then now the director of all of our campuses. He had no idea when he left the law school, the law, lawyer's realm, that this was where God was going to lead him. But this is where God led him. And we're excited for him. And it's going to, our best days, folks, this is a time for celebration. This, our best days are ahead of us. And so, Omar, would you take a moment to share a few thoughts with us? I know this is, you know. Thank you, Pastor. You know, we all love you so much. Thank you so much for all you've done for us. And uh, church family, you know, I'm, I'm honored um, just to be considered for this. Um, you know, I've served this church. I've served the Lord, served you for 10 years in different capacities, and if the Lord calls us to, for me to step into this role, um, it will be the greatest honor of my life, and I'll, I'll serve you with everything that I have. Amen. So thank you so much for, for all you've done. And, and Pastor, you know, the, the good thing about this whole um, season for us is that Pastor Rick is not going anywhere, right? 
In fact, even though he may he may be stepping down from this lead pastor position, he's still being a teaching team. He's still going to be uh, teaching regularly here on the weekends for us, and uh, it's going to be great uh, to be just teaching God's word alongside of you. And I'm excited for you, Pastor. You're going to be able to do still do at times what you do best, which is preach God's word and still enjoy your family. And so, family, can we just give it up big for Pastor Rick Blackwood? Amen. Much louder than that, family. Come on. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm so excited for the future of Christ Fellowship. By the way, has anybody figured out why we call it Season 15? Somebody got it. Yeah, I am the 14th pastor of Christ Fellowship. Omar will be the 15th pastor. And check this out. Check this out. Over the past 60 years, even though there's been 14 pastors, over the past 60 years, there's only been two pastors of this church, Tommy Watson and me. Omar's going to go for 100 years. <laughs> Amen. So we're excited. Hey, we're going to pray over Omar now, and I'm going to ask our leadership team and our, our board of directors, our personnel team, and I want to ask you to just extend your hand out as we pray over him. And let's all bow our heads and pray over Omar and Ashley. Father, we thank you so much for this amazing church, Lord. We thank you for its history. All that you've done, people that have been saved, and Lord, how we've been able to just move the gospel rapidly and see people come to Christ. But Lord, now we're even more excited for a new runner with new strength, with new energy, with new passion, one that we know, that we love, that we know that articulates the word of God with conviction and authority and clarity. God, we believe that the best is yet to come. God, we're going to accelerate this movement even faster. And thousands and thousands of people who don't even know are going to come to you. Lord, we know the day is coming when everybody in this room will have passed on to heaven. Even the, even the baby that we hold in our hands, Lord, will have passed on to heaven. But God, we know that there, even then there will be a new generation then who will carry that baton until you come back at the second coming. Lord, I speak for all of us. We love you so much. Thank you for the way that you love us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. If you want to take your next step as a believer, we want to hear about it. Let us know at cfmemmy.org connect and filling out a connection card. We want to thank you so much for joining us. We love you and God bless.